You've tuned in to localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LJN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Lynn Molitor in Washington, D.C., and I'm joining my colleagues remotely in the quad today. We're back at the LGN Radio studio is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Laura McBain. Hi, everybody. And Liz Datson. Hello, everyone. A recent Wall Street Journal article was getting a lot of attention on talk radio recently, and it was the perfect topic for the four of us to discuss as well. Millennials are getting their parents more involved in their workplace, including asking parents to accompany them on job interviews and bringing them as guests to company events. In fact, companies like Google are now hosting Bring Your Parents to Work Day. So I thought we should like chat about this further. I know my initial reaction was, when I was young, I was um, excited about getting my first job, but I was also excited about getting my first job on my own. And I uh, was proud of the place that I was working at, and uh, my company actually had open houses for families. So you could bring your um, kids, you could bring your spouses, and when I was young, I brought my parents. So... I can understand it in concept, but I think there needs to be some boundaries. So what did you guys think? When I first read the article, I'm not going to lie, I was chuckling because I think it just sounds ridiculous at first blush. But then the article went into statistics and how it was actually helping the job seekers, you know, formulate an actual career and, and be successful in it. And I thought that, well... From that aspect of it, I think that it does help because the parents are able to kind of help shape them and, and you know, the, the their children can learn from their experiences and the employer or the parent can say, you know, this looks like a really solid company. They'll probably do research on the back end and say this company has been around for many, many years. It's a great place to start a career or build a career. So I can I can see that. But personally, I would say it's not something that I would probably participate in at all. Yeah, that was kind of my opinion, too. Um, I just... To me, when I heard it, I thought, oh, my gosh, that's ridiculous. There's no way I would ever bring my parents to work. I mean, I'm a little bit older now, but still, I, I just can't see ever wanting to do that. But then, you know, I read through the article like Jacqueline did, and you get a little bit of a better understanding of why they're doing it. It helps with the transition and all that other stuff. And, you know, while I've never had anyone request to bring their parents to an interview, which I just, again, think that would be totally absurd, and I would kind of look a little bit strange at somebody that did bring somebody like that to an interview. But, you know, we, we occasionally hire people right out of college. And a lot of times they do want their parents to look things over before they, you know, sign on the dotted line. So, you know, I can understand wanting your parents to be a little bit more involved, especially at the beginning. But, you know, as you're going through your career, at some point you do have to cut that cord. Yeah, I think it blurs things and makes it very great to when you actually become an adult and make your own decisions. And and these are the experiences mm -hmm. that you learn from and grow from. And so I, I totally understand that parents have a very supportive role. And I think that's the role they can continue to take. And you can inform them as much as you'd like. However, I know the article talked about doing performance reviews and emailing parents. And that just brings me back to elementary school days. Yeah. And 
I think we want to keep the workplace with the employees and not extend beyond that. I think that uh, could create some some problems. But for me, company events, if you want to host and open to family, I think that's great. I, you know, I love my parents and I would love for them to learn more <laughs> about the organization, but keeping it there. Yeah, I have a daughter in college now, and there's just no way she would let me get a copy of her grades or anything <laughs> else related to school. So, yeah, I mean, and I'm thankful for that. She's on her own now. <laughs> Unless she needs money, then she calls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, Liz, you bring up a good point because, um, yeah, I mean, sending a performance review to the parents, I mean, you're just yeah. inviting them to to – add their two cents about it and they're not at the workplace right. they're not directly working with the employee granted it's their child um, I just feel like that that could possibly open the door to maybe things that uh, that would be a little bit I don't know tricky tricky so yeah anywho um, Lynn did you um, I wanted to bounce it back to you to kind of go into our next topic Yes, and Liz is going to lead us next and talk about that first day on the job. Yes, so I don't think we'll be bringing our parents to the first day on the job, but (laughs) (laughs) we have been uh, doing hiring here, and I'm sure a lot of other employers out there are as well, and I think there there are good ways to present yourself on your first day on the job, and it's a time that can be very... um, nerve-wracking and you want to make sure that you make a good favorable impression. So I thought it'd be good to just give some tips on how to have a great first day in the office or wherever your employment takes you. I think for me personally, um, you know, making sure your first great day, I think, leads actually begin, it begins the day before. So you obviously want to know what you're going to wear, you know, uh, what you're going to have for lunch to make sure that you have enough substance because when you're learning a job and you might, you know, we take our employees out for lunch on their first day, but you don't always know that coming into. So like having enough, you know, Mm -hmm. water, snacks so that you can be present and learn and not fall asleep, Um, but also know where you're going to be parking, all that stuff. That's going to help you prepare and come to work ready the next day. That's just my perception. And I think as far as coming in the next day from um, just a tip to people who are starting off new, my thoughts would be, you know, just smile, get to know your coworkers, be friendly to everyone because your colleagues are there to help you. um, And you want to obviously make a good impression. So I think for me, it's really like the front end of the the, the previous day. But Yeah, it helps just to... From the perspective of the employer looking at a lot of people coming in to just be prepared. I know that we send a packet of information along to people that are coming in. And nine times out of 10, people will read through that and they'll have everything ready. But there's always someone that hasn't done anything. They haven't printed anything out. They haven't read through the documents. And so it just takes a little bit longer. But it does help, like Jacqueline, what you were saying, to know those little things, you know, is there room for me to bring a lunch and put it in a refrigerator? You know, what, you know, what's around there? Is there something within walking distance if I have to go out and get a lunch? You know, just those little things I think that sometimes we forget about that are important because you don't know going into a place what it is totally you're going to get when you get there. Um, I guess I would say um, set realistic expectations for yourself, which is really what um, Laura and Jacqueline have already talked about. Um, I encourage people to, um, 
ask questions, be engaging, uh, be polite yet professional. Um, but definitely take the lead and take cues from your new coworkers because you don't want to also appear to be overly familiar with new people or overly friendly. So it is a balancing act. But I think for the most part, new uh, employees um, are welcomed because there's a bunch of workers that have been anxiously waiting for help in the, in the workplace. So uh, hopefully it's a win-win for uh, both parties. But we understand the experienced people that the first day on the job, no one ever really looks forward to that. And hopefully it passes by quickly. Yeah, I think these are all great tips. And I know one of the things I had thought about, too, was just even at the end of the day, um, I know one thing I've always really appreciated over time is people who thank the people who were involved in their training that day. Mm -hmm. That's always a great That's way to, yeah. to wrap up the day and uh, make sure you thank those that have been helping to contribute to your learning that day. Good point. Oh, I like that. That's a good one. Thanks. I'll use that. I'll use that myself. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. Sometimes uh, candy treats, yeah. those types yeah. of things are always a nice perk. Always get things started doesn't off hurt. on the right note. <laughs> Who doesn't like chocolate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So sometimes, though, we don't always meet the expectations of our jobs. So Jacqueline will tell us more about this in our next topic. Yes, so I'm sorry to be, um, you know, have the, the sad topic today, but I do think that it's a reality and something we need to talk about, which is, have you ever had to write someone up or have you ever been written up? And what sort of tips do you have for, from a manager's perspective, if you've had to write someone up or if you've been written up, you know, how do you go about sharing that information with the person? And, and just so that it's, it's factual, it's objective, feelings aren't hurt, but it's something that you just, it needs to be noted um, especially if it's a problem that's reoccurring. One of the things I think that's always helpful, and I think you, you touched on it, is to be objective. And a lot of times your feelings get in the way. You know, maybe you don't like the person. So it's, it's easy to let your judgment of the person kind of get in the way. But you need to just, you know, stick to the facts, be very objective. Make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. So if you're not sure, you know, run it by somebody. Um, I think everybody has an HR department. You know, typically that's the department that you know maybe they're going to be a little bit more objective because they're not usually supervising you know your employees. So that would be a good first start. Um, and then in those meetings where you have to go through things with people, again, don't you know rehash everything that's happened from the day of that they started. But you know, stick to the issue <laughs> at hand and don't bring your laundry list, <laughs> right? And I think it always helps when you're going through a disciplinary thing to always bring something good into the conversation. I mean, don't let it be just a session where you're beating people up. Um, you know, certainly stick to, you know, if you have a scripted, you know, thing that you've got in front of you, certainly kind of stick to that. But, you know, I, I never like to leave people because I've had to do this a lot, um, you know, feeling just horrible about themselves because, you know, even though somebody may have messed up in one area, you know, there's probably a lot of good things about themselves too, so. Do you, as far as um, doing a write-up on someone, mm -hmm. is the purpose in preparation for if you end up letting them go down the road? I mean, is that what the purpose of a write-up is or what, or is it, I mean, really, what is it for? Yes and no. I mean, you always want to keep track of things that happen. And I think if you're not writing things up, you know, you're going to forget about it. You're not going to remember details. You know, I've had a lot of, you know, I even used to keep a log of things that used to happen at a couple places where I was at because 
you know, if you've been in a job a long time, you know that there's certain things that happen that little red flags will pop up in your head and you're like, sure. that person said something and that, you know, for some reason a red flag pops up. So even if you're not doing a write-up, it's always good to write those things down. But if you're disciplining somebody and there's always a chance it's going to lead to something else. Sure. You know, you may have to show a pattern of, you know, maybe insubordination or, you know, other things that have happened in the workplace. We used to deal a lot with, you know, things that involved, you know, residents in healthcare and, you know, be- behaviors that can't be tolerated. And so you need to be able to show that, you know, you at least gave that person a chance and went through the progressive discipline steps if that's the policy at your work. And then should you do it or does anyone have any experience? Like how soon after you were like, okay, this person needs to be written up, do you do it so that it's timely? I mean, do weeks go by? No, no. Is it like the same day, a couple days? I mean, it could be. I mean, with with certain things, depending on what it is, because we used to have to do, you know, full-blown investigations, which might take days. Um, you know, so sometimes we'd have to suspend people pending the outcome of an investigation or something like that. But you don't want to let too much time go by because, you know, really how important was it if you're not even addressing it weeks later? Sure. So, mm-hmm. you know, keeping it current, letting them know it's important. You know, I, you know, this is the path you're headed down. So it's kind of a, a warning or a wake-up call to people, too, and they may turn themselves around. I like that, a wake-up call. Yeah. Well, I can speak to the performance side of things. I mean, you know, when it is performance-related, having documentation of the objective uh, pieces in there is really critical. But then in, in that document, too, being able to explain what needs to take place. So being able to have that conversation, yeah. especially in the meeting, about here's what we need to see. Here's the improvement that needs to take place. Here's what needs to happen to mm-hmm. get you back in good standing. And then one of the things that I know we also do is set deadline dates where we'll review. So they know it's not necessarily just open-ended because we'd like to evaluate it. Right. And um, then also getting signatures, too, to make sure that everybody understands mm-hmm. that the conversation's taken place and that... Um, you know, whether or not it's agreed upon or not is is not necessarily uh, as important as making sure that the discussion yeah. has happened. Oh, that's good tips. Thank you. I think, too, it's important that the manager set the tone um, for the conversation. It really is uh, to help the person get back on the right track. So that's why uh, time is being spent documenting it to make sure it's uh, clear and hopefully that all parties understand what the expectations are. So I think if a manager kind of approaches it in a positive perspective, it may actually help everyone move forward. No, I like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, saying, you know, hey, we're having this conversation because we need to get you back on track. Here is it was what we need to see. Here's what you need to do. Let's let's meet in a couple of weeks and see where we're at with that. I actually I actually like that. Those are some good tips. Yeah, Thank and you. laying out the steps, you know, so that they take responsibility and they're in charge. Oh, I love that. That's great. Thank you. That's good. Okay, so the quad will conclude today with a more introspective idea <laughs> that Laura will introduce us to. Well, uh, I ran across an article, strangely enough, right after I got my hair done last week. (laughs) Which, by the way, your hair looks gorgeous. Thank you, darling. Fantastic. (laughs) The the title caught my eye is Superficiality Good for You. 
And I tend to be someone that has never really subscribed to that. Rather, I've been, I tend to get a little introspective and think we have to make ourselves feel good about ourselves on the inside and all that other good stuff. So, well, rarely get my hair done. So that was a big step for me. But, you know, and the, the article went into, you know, are we better off spending, you know, $150 on our hair or are we better off spending $150 on the couch of a psychologist? And so, you know, they, they compared themselves to a member of their family who chose to do shopping and do things that make themselves feel better, and they seemed happier. And they went into the fact that in the workplace, you know, superficial people, people that spend a lot of time on their appearance and maybe look a little bit better, tend to get promoted more. They make more money than people that maybe are a little bit frumpier and not quite as pulled together. So those kinds of things kind of caught my eye in the article, along with the fact that, you know, even people with plastic surgery, they said, really feel, feel less anxious and do have increased self-esteem when all things went well with that surgery. So, you know, they're kind of just putting it out there. You know, do we, you know, are we too introspective at times and do we just need to spend a little bit more time making ourselves look good? I just didn't know what you guys thought of that. <laughs> I got to say, I'm a big fan of retail therapy. Um, <laughs> there's no Love doubt it. that is part of my practice. But, um, you know, this was kind of an interesting one because I thought about myself. And I do think about those days where my house is a mess. <laughs> my desk is totally disorganized. And it's like, I can't even think straight. And so it's some of those times where, yeah, when your house mm -hmm. is looking nice, it's easier to be a better mom because you yeah. don't, or you're not thinking of all these other things you have to do and how it looks like a mess. Mm -hmm. You know, same thing with at work. When my desk is disorganized and I have papers everywhere, it's really hard for me to just focus without thinking I need to clean up this mess. So there is something to be yeah. said about <laughs> being organized and being put together so you feel confident and can tackle your day. I would agree with Liz and Laura. This, is, I mean, I personally don't buy into this as much, but I think statistics prove that. I mean, I mean, the article did say the more attractive you are, the more successful <laughs> essentially you are, yeah. either personally or professionally. So I think the, the statistics are there. So like them or not, that's what they are. But I say personally for me, um, I actually do struggle with this because I've never been a super superficial person in the sense that I have to always have my hair done or I have to have the greatest makeup or the greatest clothes. And I struggle with this because subconsciously, I think I know that I should. And it's the, there are thoughts that I have where I'm thinking, well, I probably should care a little bit about uh, the brand of my jeans, but I really just don't care. But it's funny because I do notice, and I will say this, when I actually dress up or put makeup on or do my hair, I can wholeheartedly confess that I am treated differently by strangers, mm -hmm. hands down. Um, today, actually, I'd gotten off the Amtrak station, and you know, I may have dressed up a little bit more today than I typically would. And three individuals, the entire time I was waiting in the taxi station, talked to me. Nobody ever talks to me before. <laughs> and I was like, this is odd. And I was thinking, well, geez, I am wearing a dress today. I have mm -hmm. my hair done differently. I've you know, my makeup's maybe a little bit more prominent today. And I just thought it was funny because as I was standing in the text line, I was thinking like, huh, this is odd. And I'm like, why are they talking to me? And then I was thinking, hmm. And there are three random people that weren't even together with each other. So, but these are things that I noticed that like you just, you're put together and people are more willing to say, oh, how are you? Where are you from? What's, you know, 
where do you work? You want to share a taxi? And it's just it's just weird to me, but I do mm-hmm. notice it. So I I think there's some truth behind it. Yeah, it's interesting. Jeez, I'm sorry that I'm missing out on this. Um, on this uh, I'll, new I'll, Jacqueline. I'll send you an Instagram. She looks okay. fabulous, by the way. <laughs> the truth is, though, the truth is because I'm a little low on laundry, so I had to go into my. <laughs> You know how that happens? Absolutely. And then you pull from like wardrobes that people don't typically see and you're like, oh, these are like my weekend clothes. So that's pretty much what happened. It was, it's, yeah, I'm wearing weekend clothes, but apparently they're nicer than my work clothes. <laughs> <laughs> see, I know like for myself, the way I perceive um, to be well-dressed or whatever, it goes to my state of mind. So if I'm dressed up a little better, uh, like when I'm at work, I feel like more in control. Um, if uh, my hair is looking good, per, in terms of my own perception, a lot of times people <laughs> say your hair looks the same every day, and I'm like, my hair looks awful today. <laughs> when my hair is, when I'm feeling my hair is looking good, I just have an overall better day. So, um, in fact, last week I got up, fixed my hair. It was an off day for me. I didn't like it, and I redid it all (laughs) because I knew the rest of my day was just going to be (laughs) It's the first time I did that. I just just knew I was asking for trouble if I didn't take the the time to redo it. Yeah, nothing can faze you with a good hair day. Right. (laughs) You know, it is interesting, though. When when I was younger and I would get my annual review, I would always dress up. Because I just, I was excited to hear what the, you know, what the message was. And I just wanted to feel confident and uh, present a professional image to my manager in this, you know, mm-hmm. in this uh, personal type of a conversation. So I kind of, you know, I kind of have used this on and off throughout my career. So I actually could, I could understand where the article was coming from. That's a good tip, though. Dress up for your annual reveal. Take it a little bit seriously. Yeah, yeah. I like it. And then say thank you and bring them treats. <laughs> Even no, better. that was a different topic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, time for us to get to that next meeting. Hope our listeners enjoyed today's discussion. If you would like to suggest topics for discussion on the LGN Radio Quad, send a message to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. Tell us about how good or bad your first day on the job was. For Jacqueline Peterson, Laura McBain, and Liz Dotson, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening. 